Welcome to a book beyond time and book. Books. Books. Today books, is the books. longest chapter of books, a day books. called today. Books. Books. They'll fuck your mother. Books. Books. The greatest adventure books, of books, all. Books. Reading a book on your stomach. Read like you'll die right here, right now. Books. 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 I hope I die getting my head closed in a big book. Welcome to Book Fair, the second best day in the whole school semester right after the last day of school. Maybe third place if you really enjoy making your parents buy cupcakes for other children. Uh, it's Book Fair. Yes. What is the cupcakes one? Oh, you're on your birthday. You know how you okay, can't... Yeah. For some reason, like, because it's your birthday, you have to treat the whole bar to a round. Yeah. And it always... Once I fall- brought... Please. No, please. No, please. You. Okay, me. Um, <laughs> Once I brought orange and white cookies. Did I tell you about that? No. That's They were black so and white refined. cookies, but it was... I like the color orange, and right. it was just, I think it was just double vanilla. I don't think they made it crazy <laughs> or anything. But... I was going to ask, like, wait, so the flavor of black and white cookie... The part that people like is is vanilla. The black ice presumably is chocolate. It's gotta be. And then, but but you were not a refined enough palate to say, "Hey, can you put some orange zest in mine?" No, you just said, "Hey, can I have more dye?" I feel the bakery thought they were already doing me a pretty big favor. They were doing you a solid to to order off the menu for orange instead of white. Then it would be too Halloweeny, and it was like February, and it's not you know Right, right the time for that. Can I ask you a personal question? No. Did you get these cookies using your grandpa Jojo's clout? I don't Do you think, think his name so. was part of this? Because I, I, I I've heard tell about what how far his name can get you in Morristown. I think someone tailored something for me a little faster because they liked him. <laughs> and then amazing. we found out that they had like three of his sweaters for years after he had died because they were yeah. just looking after them, which is <laughs> very nice of them. The guardians of that's why it is Grandpa Jojo, right? Oh, God. Jojo like the cookies. Like the worst Oreos and the better man. Yes. And the best man. The best man. The best At Oreo my man. wedding. So welcome yes. to Book Fair. Thank um, you. Thank you for having me on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Book Fair is a podcast where two adults, Brad Biden and Rachel Crow, talk about children's books since, you know, that's about the most we can read. It's so much easier. Well, wait, what's nice is when the pictures tell you what's, you know, what's happening. Because I can't picture a lot of it. And then I see what it looks like. I'm like, oh, that's, well, that's not what this I This is a podcast where two deeply uncreative young adults with absolutely no spatial reasoning or ability to paint pictures in our own minds rely upon the the grunt work of Shel Silverstein mm-hmm. to make any of these things come alive. Yeah, Shel was really in the minds making us imagine stuff. Yeah, it was really cool. He's the real imagineer. Pulling the, the Muppet strings. Yes. So that children would do his dirty work. I guess I would say that Muppets rarely have strings, but it doesn't matter. Yeah, Aren't they controlled from below? By the devil, I mean. Yes, <laughs> controlled by the devil. <laughs> Especially Grover. I Yeah, well, there's like a stick, I get. I don't know. When okay. I think strings, I think from above. I think even what you did with your hands, you were kind of implying it was from above. Yeah. yeah, yeah Are you yeah. being a Muppet? I, I don't want to fight. So. No, I'm mad, but yeah. My qualifications, beside having a goddamn pulse, my cousin, uh, Chris D'Elia, he is a mm-hmm. rehab counselor for people hooked on phonics. That's really cool of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his and only that's the career. main thing you know about him? 
that's all yeah i mean we don't talk much but yeah i don't think he has any hobbies or side careers i don't even no, know not anymore I yeah i wouldn't say, say right now yeah 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 i don't know about his dating life it never seemed great um yeah i guess his new job sounds like a huge problem but i don't need to fill you in necessarily i don't want to know Good. I, I wish I didn't. Yeah. And then my main qualification is that, you know, I was a reading champion in reading contests mm. and I had so many AR points. I have no idea what AR stands for. I was trying. I think reading is in there somewhere, but you got to think a lot of a lot of reading points. Probably. Yeah. I would even take tests for other kids. I wouldn't have even read the book, but I could guess it and I'd do better wow. than they did. So I um I would say qualify to do this podcast because mm-hmm. i have is that laundering or fraud i think it's it's wrong and that's i think the takeaway it's bad yeah. and it's then bad. also so i would get all these ar points besides helping mm-hmm. others like a robin hood you know give to the me but also steal from the teachers i would get all these bucks for every scholastic fair which really weren't i think it was like 20 bucks tops but it's a lot of I, bucks and you can't count that high <laughs> well that's the thing terrible at math great at reading that's a, can't yeah, read that's math though my point is i would make so much moolah during these reading mm-hmm. competitions mm-hmm. like one of my earliest memories of completely trouncing a reading competition i was in kindergarten and it wasn't it wasn't the classic scholastic book fair this was a public school in philly they did not classic have that in the- scholastic classic classic and they would have just like a room of treasures, cheap nothings, mm. you know, little sure. plastic gagging hazards. And I remember I had Which so you many especially. points. <laughs> well, no, I had to put each one in my mouth to check. And so I got so many treasures. I couldn't carry them all. So I had to have my best friend, Hannah. I don't, maybe I shouldn't say her name. Let's call her Rachel. So my arms were full. My tiny arms were full because we're in kindergarten. And then her tiny arms were full. Mm. And we're walking down the hall back to class. And I remember she dropped a few. She's like, oh, wait. And I was like, leave them. And Mm. then kept striding to the class. And that's my earliest memory of killing it. Wow. And then last qualification. When I was in eighth grade, I defrauded the Scholastic Book Fair. Mm. I think this is what Bernie Madoff did, where I spent the money once and then I spent it twice. Mm. Because yeah. the, there are two librarians, and I guess one of them didn't know I had already spent all my money. So I got called to the principal's office for that, but I think there was nothing they could do about that. Only other time I got called to the principal's office was for breaking dress code regularly, because I liked to dress like I was on my way home from a one-night stand when I was So the only other old. time was a lot of times. <laughs> no, this was, it was the result of. I see. It I think that, I think. Like when she- someone gets a Lifetime Achievement Award. Yeah, this was my lifetime. Your dress, which is actually just a flannel shirt, doesn't go down to the end of your fingertips. Let's let's save our slut shaming for another child. I hate all this schmuck shaming. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's so mean to older uh, men. Older men who trip on nothing and choke on their own spit. We're always schmuck shaming them. Everyone that steps on a rake and it hits them in the noggin. <laughs> it's so like people just do that and that's allowed. <laughs> It should be fine. It should yeah. be fine. Like, it's just a oh natural part of the human experience. You know, it's beautiful. Literally try walking around a rake. It's, it can't be done. <laughs> it can't be done. Have you ever walked around a rake and not get smacked in the head? No. If I, yeah. If I step on the wood part, I'm going to roll off it, obviously. So it seems safe <laughs> to step on the metal spikes. This this one is for all those men who fall in a puddle r- racing to catch the bus and get all their <laughs> papers wet. Yeah. And then the kids laugh at them. No one comes to help them 
pick it up because it's no. not a rom-com it's not a rom-com they're not a tween no one's no. hands brush there's no electricity it's which is so good because they're in a puddle it, that is it's good they so tepid so kids laughing meanly mm. i at same mic that i was at um there was a kid wearing a hat that said i'm horny so basically 25 minutes into the mic like 20 children come in and like a mall what died. age which if you had to guess i would say the worst one 19 okay that's pretty um, bad yeah they might have been high schoolers so maybe 17 but they it's also uh, like if if you're of a certain age i can assume you're horny but i don't want to hear about it necessarily I, totally, I, I, well, yeah. wear a hat if you're not horny announce yes. that honk if is... you're not horny <laughs> prove it rude, rude. If, yeah prove if, it if prove you're it. satiated yeah if... <laughs> And then he had a shirt that said something about milfs. I didn't inquire. You don't and care for them? I, I think he was there for them, yeah. Milfs are not my cup of tea. <laughs> I think they were presumably. I mean, he's horny, so I think every tea is his cup of tea. And what I was thinking about, and I think I texted you about this because I was irate, is that the boys, the hottest ones of these children, had swoopy mm-hmm. hair. And I was just mm-hmm. thinking about teenage girls discovered elvis discovered the beatles discovered Mm. one direction like they are pioneers of culture and meanwhile teenage boys are resting on their haunches still doing swoopy hair to the beatles and one direction at least yeah that is also time and time again but like they can't think of a new thing they have a no and it still works on us having been it, as a gay man and, a, and an ex-teenage girl, it still works. It works when it, yeah, when it works, it does in fact work. When it yeah. works, it works. And I just feel, True. I just wish they had to work harder. I wish they had to work harder. I but wish they'd twerk really hard, yeah. <laughs> I wish they had to twerk till they die. Just like, welcome to the twerking league, nine to five twerking. Yes. But your knees are going to be powder. So those overall are your qualifications, those are my qualifications. to be here at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What are your qualifications? My qualifications are I was uh, such a good line leader that there was some talk of making it a salaried position and oh I God. would just stay in third grade and just do that uh, forever. <laughs> and and yeah, I, I think about that sometimes. Um, mm, yeah, you shouldn't have turned that down. No, I will. But I wanted to try other child jobs. I wanted to mm-hmm. I wanted to hold doors and monitor mm. halls and mm. push the big gross sponge across the tables. <laughs> have you? Did you have those? No. I had, had a big clean... gross broom, but that was when I worked at um, a grocery store. Yeah, one of the jobs in like middle school was you would clean the lunch tables by taking one same sponge every single time. And just pushing it forward to someone else holding a tray where all of the debris would just fall. And it was it was not the best way to do that. Really, you would dirty but you would declutter but filthify the lunch tables. I was, I guess, in middle school almost 20 years ago, and I can't imagine they have bought a second sponge. So yeah, I think because I wouldn't say they're expensive either. So yeah, I I think it's sort of a step backwards every time we would do it because no one liked it. I didn't want to you know touch it the person with the tray wasn't enjoying well, it that's and the admirable table was dirtier. yeah that you took on such a dirty job to benefit i did take you know, on a dirty job i every was fifth yeah, something of an undercover boss at a dirty job <laughs> yeah and fortunately i was let go as a line leader when i got kind of cocky and led the line into a big hole um oh yeah was, it was did a, it erupt into flames the no hole, luckily I mean. none of the children died it was just a really big hole they were just kind of <laughs> Which classroom was this hole in? It was outside. It was an it was an open grave. Um, okay, I'm gonna yeah. blame 
again, the victim here in favor should have filled in that grave. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say the dead person should have gone. I want to say recorpsification. That's not a thing. You know, when they burn you up. Yes, cremation. Yeah, cremation. Re, 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 cremation. I mean, you could also blame the last kid in the line who has just seen his entire class walk into a hole. But I was just again such a good line leader. Would you jump off a bridge if they would? Yeah, played mind tricks. Jedi of the Jedi variety on a fourth grade <laughs> class and game of snake style, you created like an Ouroboros of, of children walking into each other. Is I made a true? line that, yeah, never ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've and heard I had, you were was, a sick fuck. It was an infinity symbol. So they even had to like pass each oh other at god. a certain point. And oh my god. I, yeah, no, I've heard you were a little marching leader. Yeah. And then I went and I ate all their lunches. That's sick. It was really sick. I you probably were sick. I mean, I was really sick. How many kids went to your school? Seventeen. Uh, in my middle school class, there were like twenty. My graduating class, I think there was fifteen in eighth grade. So that's like twenty. What PB and J's? You must have been Uh, sick for days. Twenty all star lunchables, where it's a cold burger and a cola that they can't name. That is so worth paying extra for. You know, that's so much better than what your parents would have just made you from. It was worth, yeah, the crime of the century to um to eat more of (laughs) chips i bet were in there so you were the most corrupt line leader in america i don't know the most but definitely the most i know of for sure most i've heard yeah yeah you really dominated the 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 bush jr the the dawn of it or no i guess that would have been when did he get out um, a Britain, I mean, you, you, it would have been like 2007, the twilight years of, of the yes. Bush Jr. regimen. This is post shoe throw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Post shoe throw mid Iraq invasion. I think it was, it was getting a little financial cards to see. Yeah. It was. Yeah. The loans were getting predatory. To place it in time. That's, the line leaders were getting crazy. I was in seventh grade at that point. So I guess the line kind of let itself to, by, by the time <laughs> we were getting that old. But. Don't ever say that again. You will get yeah. so many kids kicked out of a non-paying job. That is true. Yeah. These kids are never going to learn to work if they don't start when they're in kindergarten. So, okay. So those are yes. our qualifications, unless there's yeah. anything else. That's most of it. That's really I haven't done thing. anything since then. No, neither, neither have I. This week's reading list, which I guess would be the books that we are going to discuss. That's right. Let's go in order of age, because I think that you now, maybe um, later as well, are leaning more uh, middle reader and younger. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then I I lean YA. um, Right, you do. Well, you want to take on the great topics. Uh, Yes. And I want to keep my head in the goddamn sand. Yes. Okay, well, thank you. I will go first. You're welcome. So my book is, uh, of course, The Little Mouse Who Couldn't Get Enough Back Rubs. If you could bring up that cover. I'd love to. Listeners on the Patreon will get to see it. Uh, No one else. Yep, there we go. The Little Mouse Who Couldn't Get Enough Back Rubs by Lolivia Bett. This is, of course, part of the Little Mouse series. There's a ton of other ones. There is The Little Mouse Who Got Creative with the Microwave Instructions. Mm -hmm. Um, The Little Mouse Who Didn't Want to Join the Family Business. Um, The Little Mouse Who Still Pays for Cable. The Little Mouse Who Was a Big Fan of His Mom. Can I ask, what is the age of The Little Mouse? Is it ever established and does it change over time? Do you mean the audience or of the mouse? The mouse himself or themselves. Right, right. So no, Olivia Bet does get into this because, okay. and I don't know if this is true, but mice live like two years. And okay. she makes it clear all of these adventures are back to back to back to back to back. <sighs> and then they just stopped. 
Wow. So he's immediately going from the back rubs to not joining the family <laughs> business to not being a fan of his mom was one. Is that right? No, he is a big fan of his mom. He is a big fan of his mom. That's cool. Yeah. Let me read the other ones. The little mouse Please. who couldn't stand most candles. <laughs> most. Not all. Well, no, not all. Almost. Every now and then there was one, but most of them he didn't like. The little mouse who got his flight upgraded to business class. Oh, cool. And then the last one was uh, the little mouse who dropped my favorite mug on the carpet. Oh, oh, but so just the carpet. It, it didn't, did it shatter or was oh, it? Oh, well, you have I don't want to spoil it. That's not the book yeah. I'm doing. This it week, just sounds so. like it's more of a problem for the carpet than the mug, but the mug is the one that establishes the favorite. Does that make sense? Right, 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 right. Um, Yeah, I wouldn't say it's a permanent problem. I would say no, Olivia Bett, as an author, really enjoys writing about easily solved problems. They don't take more than like 20 minutes to clean up. No, this but the book, books are though, pretty long. Yeah. It, it's 86 pages. That feels, yeah, like a lot for a book this shape. I think the Rolling Stone called it a death march of a bedtime read. It's really surprising me that they reviewed it at all. Well, Olivia Bett, so her story is very interesting. She was a real estate oh, agent uh-huh. um, for 68 years, so starting when she was 12. <laughs> and then... Wow, when she, she was 80, wow. She was 80, and she realized, I don't really need to give the people a tour. Like, none of these houses are that big. And, like... It's all on the pamphlet. So she was still a real estate agent after she realized that. Well, yeah, because she still made commission. I'm just wondering if I saw a real estate agent sign on a yard. Right. (laughs) And the real estate agent was like very old. I think that would just be a little disconcerting. I don't know why. That's very interesting of you. You don't associate your new life with um, the raggedy bones of someone who might die at any second. sitting down or something. I don't know. Um... Oh, I feel like, you know, the president shouldn't be 80 either, but here he is still selling houses. So Olivia Bat realized, wait a second, all of the details are in the pamphlet. And yeah. so what she would do is when people were giving them self-guided tours, she um, and she was like, oh, wait, people like it more. They don't want me to be in the room. They want to talk about it honestly. So they just she didn't show up at all. She would just leave. The no, she showed up there. Something. She was just oh. at the kitchen table writing her book. On a laptop or a typewriter? On the table. And on the table. (laughs) On the table. That was the issue. That's why she had to transition. She was immediately successful in children's authorship and made a How did she get it to the publisher? Um, I don't know. I think that they saw her table in the trash. She threw the table out. I guess I was picturing the counter. Okay, the table is easier. Yeah, well, because she'd have to take the table out because they'd say Olivia. They saw her and she'd table say, in the trash. Well, so and they here, said, we okay. want to publish this. I watched a documentary on this to get ready for it. Oh, good. So you should know everything. It's called Dirty Houses, the Olivia Bett story. Why is it called that? <laughs> well, because so she would write on the table and her bosses would say, come on. And she'd say, just turn it over. They won't notice. And they say, Olivia, you can't do that with a table. You can't just flip it over. That just makes it a wall with legs. That uh-huh. just makes it a floor with legs. Who You're is gonna trip on that? That her boss at the real estate agency or the yeah. publisher? Okay. Yeah. It just yeah. feels like they they named the documentary over like the beginning of her story. She is definitely, 80, but yeah. definitely. No, they definitely did not. Well, because I mean, it it did get dark when she started writing the Little Mouse Who series, just in terms sure. of the fame, you know? Yeah, that makes sense. It Because you know how, like, fame, it brings out, like, it it, it makes you more of what you already are. So she sure. already had knee pain, but the, the uh-huh. not, not which got confused with T-Pain in the news a lot, but, um, because they did How did date. that happen? Because they dated, um, because he was inside <laughs> of her briefly. <laughs> how briefly? 
I think in the documentary they said he only lasted three minutes. That's, okay. But That's then the fame, the fame made her knee pain worse. Mm-hmm. But it made her relationship with T-Pain amazing. I'm just surprised that the news got that confused. Just, you know, the Olivia Pet was the hottest piece of ass I ever saw. He always said that. He always said she was the coziest twat I ever stashed. My That's pocket. so sweet. Stashed. Wow. Cool. <laughs> Temporarily. No, I didn't leave it there forever. I think many, a most, few yeah. times. I think at least, I think the news said 13. The news said. <laughs> the documentary, the documentary the was confused because they were like, well, they might still be having sex. <laughs> what was the headline? Uh, T-Pain yeah. bags, hot pizza bags. <laughs> this is not TMZ. This is the I news. I think this was HuffPo. Yeah, back like in their glory days. Wow. And they were on the news. Back when they really stood for yeah, something. No, those were the, yeah, those um, were She was kind of the first rock and roll wow. child's author in 2007. Yeah, definitely the only yeah. one, and probably the only um, one I can think yeah, of. No, yeah, no, she was famous for calling actually Shel Silverstein a real stick in the mud up someone's oh. ass. Oh, gross! It's a stick in the mud, but the mud is poop because it's that's really butt. And what, what was she was she responding to a question, or she just I think that was out of nowhere apropos of nothing, actually. So out of nowhere, she said, "He's a stick in the mud, uh, but the mud is poop," and they said, "Poop," <laughs> and she said, "My colleague." And, yeah, so it's still not, good, not clear. I think it was at the Scholastic Book Fair World Summit in um at the Hague. It was oh, at cool. the Hague. Yeah, <laughs> that it was at the Hague. Wow, no, I'm sure we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about the Scholastic Book Fair at the Hague. And so, anyway, this year actually, she's still alive. She's been in six car crashes, all of them her fault, none of them fatal, except to the other person. Oh, so they were all fatal. Um, should she still be driving? Do you think? No, no, she was declared blind in 1999. By T-Pain. Okay. Okay. That really... So was was it official or he just thought she was... You mean them? They're they're pretty on the rock. I've heard that sex is amazing, but you know. I mean, no, sorry. Was was the declaration official? Like, does he know she was blind? He just said it. No, he's not an idol. He's not an optometrist. Okay. So it's just, it's on the line enough that, but so she is blind, yeah. but he's not a doctor, but he nailed it this time. Oh yeah. he, Her and the diagnosis. Yeah. Again, I feel like you're making their sex sound better and better every time, but it I don't know. If is. It was, but the news said he couldn't last that long. Well, the news said there was a lot of oral leading up to that. Oh, cool. A lot. I think you're putting too much stake in the penetration. Yeah. I think, I, I think, it, as I think the news said, don't worry, she already got hers. It shouldn't be on the news. <laughs> no, it should not be on the news. How much we can agree on. I'm so surprised she's still alive. And again, I'm really yeah. getting used today. Well, but... she has a little cup of vodka every morning and a lot of fiber. And apparently that's And then how... she drives and hits people. And with she her drives to the grocery store to get more of that. So she's drinking and driving and legally blind. Only a little bit. Only a tiny Which one? bit. Well, she's very blind, but the drinking. Sure, sure. So in 1980, when she had been a real estate agent for 68 years, is when she started writing the books. And so then by like 1985, I think she had been fired for being a real estate agent. It was supposed to be her retirement party. And instead, she was left in shambles for carving these very, they said, mediocre, almost nothing happens, children's stories into their tables. And I get it is a picture book. So it's impressive she could fit 82 pages and pictures on a table. 
But I don't know how big the table was. It might have been like a dining room table. Actually, her relationship with the illustrator was the stuff of children's book legends. I'm surprised that wasn't on the cover. They didn't even credit the illustrator. That must have been a huge fight. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. He was her husband um, oh. until T-Pain moved in. And okay. he, I think, really felt talked over his entire life. Well, because she literally wouldn't let him speak. So he had to draw things. And at first it was fun. At first it was like a little game. Like but bed get old within an hour. Yeah. It got, yeah, actually. And they were married for 68 years. Not when she was 12. They Just married. A different 68 years. It was a totally different 68 years. She's had almost two 68 years in her life. Yeah, that's impressive. She, well, they got divorced in 1995 because it was the same day I was born. And that's when things with T-Pain were really heating up. That's when they finalized the divorce arrangement. April 27th, 1995. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Actually, five minutes after midnight, which is when I was born. Oh, spooky. How, tell me you don't believe in God when you hear that story. I can't. The, the inner panel said, um, the first in a series that miffed millions, the little mouse who couldn't get enough back rubs, introduces Pepperdine the mouse. The Nobel Prize for Peace winning children's book starts with that iconic line, with a creak and a crack, Pepper Dean had hurt his back. In Harper's Bazaar, they said the book that confused the Taliban. Okay. So I guess she sent them copies. If I could just read a little bit of it. No, yeah, for sure. Pepperdine was the most normal mouse on the planet. He was always getting mistaken for other mice by his loved ones, which made him feel weird. Like maybe no one saw him so much as their idea of him. And was he any more than what he had to give others? Sometimes he walked on all twos, like a little dude, and shoulder-checked ladybugs he saw on the sidewalk. Sometimes he walked on all fours like a mouse. He was adorable or disgusting, depending on how worried you are about disease and how much money you've sunk into buying hay and loose grains. Sure. I read this when I, it's, it's for the five to seven year old, you know demo but it's basically a scathing <laughs> it's a scathing critique of the gig economy because it's all about Pepperdine the the mouse um and he wakes up with a creak and a crack and oh no he almost called him a rat I, I almost called That's him a rabbit actually oh, if you okay. were in my in my mouth like T-Pain was in her mouth you would know that I probably would yeah T-Pain once said that he knew every crevice of hers and that he had fucked her so good sorry I'm reading this quote <laughs> he knew she had colon cancer before the doctors <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's got a dick like an ultrasound. They always yeah, say. On the news, yeah. Um and he's actually a really good singer. Did you know that? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess he's a singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's got a dick like an ultrasound wand. That's what I know him more from. He wakes up the creek and a crack, and oh no, he heard his back. So he goes around to all the other little animals in the woods begging for back rubs. He even he even takes on some lovers disingenuously sure. just because he wants the intimacy of the back rub. Just the foreplay, yeah. Basically, he he finds himself in a horrific debt oh. because of this these activities and because of this thirst for back rubs. And because none of them are done professionally, none of them really leave him satiated. So he he goes around trading all of his belongings for little back rubs. And eventually he realized he just has to spring for a professional and make the money. That's easier. So it's really a critique. Of yeah, of 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 trading and, and bartering yeah, and, so. and that you know you should be able to just work full time and afford what you can. And that's really the lesson of the little mouse who couldn't get enough backgrounds wow. by Olivia Bett, which won the Nobel Peace Prize for children's writing. That is surprising, yeah. I I don't remember I mean yeah, I've read it so long ago, I probably don't remember any ways that it like fixed peace or whatever. I don't know. There's some kind of doping scandal with the awards. Where I think they mm. found some crazy shit in her pee. 
She was juicing. Her whole life from 1900 to today, she has been. Wow. She's actually a huge advocate of juicing. People briefly thought she was anti-vax, but she's just pro-juicing. So when the book, when it says he couldn't get enough back rubs, it's like, it's sort of a double meaning because he obviously wants as many as he can, but he literally could not get enough because almost no one will do them. Well, there's not enough animals in the forest that feel comfortable. You know, like there's there's Plucky the porcupine, but Plucky doesn't really like physical touch. He's not a hugger. No, I get He's that. a shrugger. And so if anything, that's part of where, you know, the climax of the story is that Pepperdine is like, well, your little paws haven't touched my little bag. Plucky says, I, I really don't enjoy touch. I keep, please keep your distance. I don't know you like that. It's disturbing to me that none of them will do it twice. And because it makes me think that their he, paws are sore. In the course of getting the back rub, he did something kind of unacceptable. Or... So um, I would say that there's no, there's no suspicion of misconduct yeah no totally so everything was above board with pepperdine the mouse um and but everyone's paws were just so sore and so he realized that he couldn't compensate them uh through little favors you know he cleans the bear's cave but i mean the bear's paws are way too big to even they almost smush not even yeah conversation yeah they almost panini press him into oblivion he just he just realizes he has to suck it up and pay for a professional to do this and stop imposing on his friends and then um you remember when the little mouse who couldn't get enough back rubs they made it into that weird live action that's right um starring philip seymour hoffman as the little mouse yeah and it had a lot of potential but i just i don't think no one was saying no, you know? So it got out of control. I don't want to say that it got overshadowed by Stuart Little 2, but... But... I mean, they definitely made it right after Stuart Little 1. It really was bad timing. And it was, yeah, a lot longer than Stuart Little. And the budget was even bigger. Was- oh, much long. Whereas Stuart Little 2, I mean, and both of them, that was a chapter book. So it made sense that it was, you know, that long. Whereas this was just kind of an unstructured, higgly-piggly stew of words, according to the New York Times. And I guess it doesn't have chapters, but every, like, few pages, if I remember correctly, she will just start saying, like, anyway, what else? Yeah, or she'll say, hold on, I have to piss. (laughs) It's in chunks by, like, her trying to clearly think of what else happens next. It's very clear where she stopped, where she started, where she... Started to pay less attention to what she was doing. Um, But it is not in chapters in a conventional sense. The books definitely started getting longer. Not, you know, more interesting for sure, but... No, no. That was never her intent. She believed children should read boring things to prepare them for adulthood. Her pandemic shit got wacky. Totally. You know? Yeah. There's there's the little mouse who burned down uh, the orphanage. There's the little mouse... Who gave his remote control a honorary degree? There's yeah. the little mouse who, who staked a camp, a tent outside of Taylor Swift's the little summer mouse house. who could eat, like where he's not that the little hungry, mouse who could, but he could eat. eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, she did crazy. She, the little, um, yeah. the little mouse who burned down the town. There's a lot of um, arson. Yeah, the little mouse who burned down the entire whole town. The whole town. Yeah, that was crazy. The little mouse who solved gun violence. Her recent stuff's been kind of out there. The li- I think the little mouse who controlled the seasons. Um, that was one. The gun violence one. I feel like she was kind of fishing for another Nobel Peace Prize. Oh, for 
sure. I think she was pretty surprised to get the first one. And then once you get the taste, once you Well, pop. her speech was, wow, really? Me? You don't want this? She gestured, I think. She didn't fully stop walking in her speech. She or was, eating. No. She was chewing Doritos. with a. She was eating Doritos with a fork, which seems really hard. It was. They were crumbling. Yeah. Because you can't, you can't really stab them. You have to kind of get them stuck in the yeah no and know. people were begging her to eat them with chopsticks on their hands and knees on their goddamn knees begging and no she really didn't break stride which was impressive no. since she was you know like 87 i think she was jogging she did a loop around the mic but then she she kept running she did she needed a line leader it was know? nothing for her knees yeah no she was going the wrong way a lot yeah yeah she was just doing burpees up and down the street <laughs> And then, of course, in 2023, she came out with the little mouse who spat Jolly Ranchers out of his mouth at people's eyes. And I think that was the last one. At people's eyes. Yeah. She's clearly doing brand deals now. But it's not like a positive portrayal. Oh, are you saying that because of the little mouse who loved his Nalgene? Yeah. I think that one is a a better selling me on the product. I Like, it's spitting the Jolly Ranchers at eyes. Mm. It doesn't make me want them. You didn't. So um, when she did the little mouse, he used his McDonald's French fries as a sword to kill others. You didn't like that. I wish it was more specific about who he was killing, but others. It gets. I mean, you have to. I gotta read the book. Yeah, I know. I just. You gotta read the book. What about the little mouse who drew his own map, and it turned out to be right? Yeah, that was was a weird way to find out she's a flat earther. Just because it's always the same little mouse, it's kind of like too many stuff for this one guy. The character gets a little. Oh, muddied. Absolutely. I mean, in one, she says that his mother is another little mouse. In another, she says that it's the mother of Stalin. And it's like, I don't think you're paying attention. That was interesting. Yeah, 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 it was interesting. There was um, the little mouse who took slightly more Halloween candy than he should have. That was in the 90s when she kind of was losing inspiration. Yeah, she hated that. The little mouse who his kids tried to take his car keys away. So he bought a new car. That coincided. That one definitely felt. Yeah, that got a little autobiographical. Personal. Yeah. The little mouse who knew T-Pain, but not in the biblical sense, was actually not autobiographical. That was interesting. Yeah, that's what how T-Pain found out about her. Yeah, that's my book. So what'd you read? I read the book, Dr. Uncle's Academy for Ungrateful Fucks. Oh my God, by Donnelly Salamily. By Donnelly Salamily. Yeah, Um, walk us through it. Yeah, it's obviously a YA. Mm -hmm. The quote on the cover is, I don't think I understand, um, Mm -hmm. by Galberta Malloway, best-selling author of Unlovely and Luck. Unlovely and Luck, of course. That's more for like 14-year-olds, but- what a beat read. Yeah, there's there's not as many specifically child beat reads. And I think that's... A shame. Because they have to be waterproof because they're going to go splash around and stuff. Well, yeah. But yeah. that's what makes it such a lovely book is that it floats. That's yes. my favorite thing about it. It does float. These I'm so sick of these books that sing. The Doctor Uncle. That was my always my favorite character. That makes sense. Yeah, not mine at all. But I, I totally get that. Well, he's a problem. He is a huge problem. I guess just, yeah, the, the summary on the back says mm-hmm. nephew mom brotherson, which nephew is spelled like Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, mom brotherson. It just is very clear. Uh, What's Irish? Yes, it's very Irish. Is sent to his uncle's house for the weekend, only to discover his uncle's house is a school for nephews where he has to stay for a year. It was inspired by like the the, the magical school kind of thing that was, right, a, of course. you know, I can't think of an example. Um, but me neither. I don't think there's any. You're sorted into being a nephew, a great nephew, or a nephew's mm. friend, and that's when you mm. barely get to talk. 
to the uncle at all. Right. Um, there's classes, right? Because there's the one. Mm-hmm. Well, how nephew makes himself stand out is mm-hmm. by doing the uncle's taxes for him. Yes, which was really cool. Yeah, the classes are all taught by different uncles. Yeah. Yeah, and then I remember my favorite class was getting your mom, my sister, off my fucking back. What's interesting about Dr. Uncle is he's not a good person and he's mean no. and he, no one likes him. Yes. But he is his uncle, so he has to kind of just be around, I guess, mm-hmm. which is cool. And it's, it's interesting. a lot of the classes. Yeah, it's very interesting. The classes are like, like just, you know, killing time because you have your nephew for the day. Do we want to like go to Best Buy or something? Yeah. Right. Like, Taking a soak. Yes. Running some errands. Yeah. That was, that was not my favorite class, but I was like, that's the one I'd be good at, you know? Yeah. I'd be really good at that one. Well, there's all kinds of magical animals. I was going to say, like, um, there's the ferret I found, that race of ferrets that never smell good. Mm-hmm. I like it because they're all called magical animals, but there's no proof of that. They seem to just be animals. Yeah. But they're around, which is pretty magical. Which makes you think are all animals. Which, magic. Yeah. makes me think um, a lot of stuff. The horse that fell off the back of the truck. Which was really sad because it got hurt. I know, but I think... did. Oh, yeah, no, but Dr. Uncle, he, like, did a bad job of nursing it back to health. He did. He nursed it to worse uh, condition. He nursed it down, I guess. I, I always liked... Um, there was the mean cats in the, uh, in the backyard. Yeah, the mean cats. Because they have to go to the backyard to, to solve that mystery. So much of the mystery is in the backyard, and... Mm-hmm. And there's so much rust. There's a lot of and there's rust. there's so much talk of, did you get your dentist Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't know if he did or not. And he says that he'd have to call no. his mom. And he said, you're not allowed to call your mom. You can't yeah. do that. That She's angry she's, at me, yes. that bitch. Well, there's a lot of question of, yeah, of, do you have all your vaccines? Yes. Of, do you have all your vaccines? I think it's in chapter seven when Dr. Uncle says, hold on, I can't take you to this. Unless you have your anti-malaria. There's a lot of vaccines that you have to have had, and there's some that you better not have had. It's sort of an interesting line. Yeah. yeah. And then I, my favorite chapter was um, chapter 12. I think it's titled, I know you have an allergy, but what is it? Mm-hmm. When they start to have lunch. It's cool. He knows stuff about him for sure. He just doesn't know any of the specifics. No, none of the specifics. Well, I mean, the first chapter is your birthday sometime in July, right? And it's not. It's not, but, you know, he thought of him. It was really cool of him to think. Chapter two is, here's five bucks. Actually, I need two of those back yes. for the vending machine. Yeah, he, he saw a vending machine decided he wanted something more than he wanted his nephew to have the money. I just loved the mood of it because you never knew when something in the house would break. And so they'd be having such a lovely time. And then it would turn out that the table, like no one had tightened the screws. And that was really like the excitement is you never you were always like, is the toilet going to back up in Dr. Uncle's Academy for Ungrateful Fucks? Dr. Uncle gets really mad when anything breaks. I was going to say it gets yeah. a little scary. It and gets so it's scary. Like, but isn't it your it's your possession? Like the kids didn't do it, you know? Yes. He's something of an antihero because he's always screaming at children. <laughs> he's somewhat of a pain in the ass because yeah. he sucks. Yeah. Yeah. There's layers. And there. the thing is, is sometimes he does try to blame it on them. Like I'm. Um, when the nephew's friend, um, Fartholomew, mm-hmm. drops the Tupperware on the ground and it breaks, but it was already kind of fraying. It must, yeah, because you think just dropping it from that height. I mean, he's tall. He's really tall, but like it's he's still, really you wouldn't tall. think it would. And he's on his tippity toes and he has long toes. His toes are really long. That I didn't like that part at all. No, I didn't like that either. Because in Dr. Uncle's uh, dance class for Ungrateful Fucks, he has them yeah. on their tippy tops. And the the Fartholomew keeps mm-hmm. brushing his head on the ceiling and the ceiling keeps raining down 
I mean, I I think it was asbestos, right? I, I that's actually one of I, I've seen people debate about this on the Reddit, but I think yeah. it's definitely asbestos because everyone gets really sick, I guess. Exactly. And then it becomes about vaccines. What I think is so interesting on the mm-hmm. Discord, yeah. where there's three members, me, you, and someone named Salami Tom 85, is huh. Salami Tom brought up this point yeah. where he was saying, you know, there's this castle in the distance that is presumed to be Mrs. Auntie's finishing school. For fine-ass young assholes. Yes, because they, because the the aunts used to come visit, but mm. after the aunt eater showed up, they can't um do that anymore. They can't be there which anymore. Really and that's sad. one of the animals that's yeah. so magical is just that an echidna one, who will take anything. It eats ladies, which is more interesting than some animals. But I still don't wouldn't say it's magical. Right, right. Well, it really makes you wonder about Donnelly Salamily. Oh, I guess that's where Salami Tom got his name. That is interesting. Donnelly Salamale's just relationship to women. They, it seems because bad. the only women in this book do get eaten. They do, and it's 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 a really long description. A, a long snooted insectivore, and you can tell when he's just eating a woman because his snoot is mm. full, like a snake's, uh, and covered mid-section. in lipstick. Yeah, he kisses him first, which <laughs> I guess is what makes me wonder. You know about about. Donnelly Slomily. I hate to victim blame. And this is, you know, a, mm. a, a, a story written by a sexist man. So it's hard to know what I'm doing right or wrong. So we but... confirmed that. Does it say that in the Scholastic Book Catalog written by a misogynist? What I know is obviously about him is that obviously Donnelly Slomily is his pen name. Um, right. His real name is Antonelli Pepperonelli. And oh, OK. Yeah. So it's close. Right. It's right. the same format of a name. So you see where how he got there. Yeah. You see where he got it. Because on the on the back cover of my version, I didn't yeah. I just skimmed it. Sure. It says written by a card carrying misogynist. Donnelly Salamali mm-hmm. really thought his mom's voice was annoying. Yeah, I that's this whole description. I don't know what the card says, you know? Right, right, right. Or who issued it. Because we should definitely talk to that organization. Yeah. About just stopping. It was once up for sale at an auction, and I didn't get to read a lot of the details. But what's interesting is his, his card, the card. The misogyny card, yeah. It actually wow. had it had a hole punch system of, like, buy nine, get one free. Oh, but I was never cool. clear on, like, is it insult nine women? What they're buying. What do you get for free? Exactly. But that was yeah. being sold at auction for a pretty penny. A gorgeous penny. Which was just a penny, but they made Abraham Lincoln look fucking hot. The big tittied Abe. The Abraham Lincoln glow up. I'm surprised they could even, I mean, they're so big, you can even see them in from that angle. Yeah. Because usually they, yeah. They wouldn't be there, but they're just perky as all hell. It's insane. Yeah, I, I, have a, I have a quote from the book also that I can read. Please, please. <clears throat> Nephew stared at the clock on the wall that was like a funny cat, but the eyes didn't move. So it was either broken or one of the uncles decided they wanted a serious clock and made do with what was available at the store. It was mm. only 10 minutes until the start of the cousin. Net mm. had never cuzzed anyone before, but he wanted to survive until Thanksgiving. So he needed to make someone his cousin. It was his mm. first cousin. But if a cousin doesn't succeed, both cousins are at once removed. Net looked at the clock again, and maybe the eyes were moving, or maybe it was just his imagination. Actually, no, I think there were maybe the batteries were just low, and it was actually now moving. Mm-hmm. I like the style is that he mm. didn't stop writing, or I would say start thinking. You can really tell that when he's writing, he's also scratching his butt. 
Yes. You know, he's also picking his nose. He's also maybe doing some errands. He's wandering around talking to a tape recorder. Yeah, and it really has that feeling of someone speaking to hear themselves speak. Yeah, he can tell that no one wants to hear this, but he... Well, that's the role of an uncle, right? Yes. It's just, And to persevere as he gives him that big, big talk after they break the Tupperware. That's right. That an uncle knows he's not wanted. He doesn't have a family to go back to, but he's still here. Why? Because mom had him when she was 40. Yes. And she didn't think she could get pregnant, but she could. And now he's here. And that's the job of an uncle is that even when no one wants you there, you're there. Mm -hmm. You're there there for your family. Even when you're shouting, even when you smell bad. If you said that you'd pick someone up, you're maybe not there, Mm -hmm. which is also interesting. You're maybe not there because you might be at the Blackhawk Casino, which as a cop, so Blackhawk, that's just, that's on the road for me. And he's always asking people to drive him to Blackhawk. And I just loved that part. Just anyone. Anyone, please. Yeah, Yeah, no, he takes the second cousin aside, right? And he's like, I'll let you drive the Camaro. And he's like, the Camaro's on bricks. And he's like, I'll fix it up just to get me to Blackhawk. It's weird because what he wants is to get where he's going, but he's clearly lying about whether he can fix the Camaro. Oh, for sure. The Camaro's not getting fixed. The sequel, Dr. Uncle's College for Mm. Rat-Faced Assholes. Yeah. And the Camaro's still on bricks. (laughs) Because there's so much foreshadowing about the there's a post credit scene in the book that mm-hmm. takes place in the middle of the acknowledgments. Yes, out yes. of nowhere it says surprise the book's still going. Yeah, and it's uh, and it's really sets up that the Camaro's gonna. I think the exact line is yeah. Oh hey motherfucker, look up, I'm still there. Yeah, yeah, which is how you know it's transcribed because I guess Donnelly Salamely had, had had climbed up a tree and yeah. was saying it from he there. Was, I think he was talking to someone else. I think a mailman. There's parts of the book that I don't necessarily think are the book, and we're just or left good. In. I definitely think that about a lot of the book. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the PBS documentary yeah. about him, uh, Salamily in Love. I'm so glad there's so many documentaries about these yeah. children's authors. I know. Who was he in love with? Who was he in love with? Oh, his himself. Yeah. Um. Well, his idea of himself. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. Because I would think it'd be no one. Well, no one's yeah. in love with him, but he's in love with him. That's what it is. And he yes. actually, I think he, he married, he has, a, he, the author had a marriage ceremony he he didn't have a first marriage but he did renew his vows to himself in a junkyard a, a six-pack of montucky yeah. yeah the officiant refused to show up so it was again just mainly him well, the officiant was a dead raccoon so i think that makes all the sense in the world more couldn't show up because of being dead but i guess the dog of the drunk junkyard ate him and then he became a drunk driving advocate right mr salamali he became a junk driving advocate he got the idea at the junkyard and yeah that was him sorry he said junk driving saves lives he keeps a bunch of stuff in his car and including in front of the windshield and then he would just go to yard sales and buy it all up without really looking that's his one rule that's one of his rules he loves having stuff i guess in bags well that one excerpt about the vhs tapes yeah really felt personal can i read that i would love for you to read that Dr. Uncle opened the plywood credenza to reveal mm-hmm. 1,000 VHS. None of mm-hmm. them were in cases. No. Some of the, the two that were in cases were in the wrong case. Most of these were black market Disney movies from Russia, clearly voiced mm-hmm. by one man in his basement. 
Mm-hmm. It was unclear why Dr. Uncle would own a Soviet-era Little Mermaid when he could easily just own a normal Little Mermaid. Dr. Uncle hissed through his yellowed teeth, don't ever touch these. Mm-hmm. And and Nephew said, even if I'm really bored, and Dr. Uncle said, then you can go outside and look at the junk. <laughs> and Nephew said but what about this remote and it was before the funeral uh, for the remote and he said and dr uncle said well do you have any batteries on you i didn't think so yeah and nephew reached in his pockets and actually did find a triple a battery but was too afraid to take it out because dr uncle had searched his pockets for any cash for a snack and if he had found out he hadn't given him the battery he probably would be kind of pissed yeah what End I, of excerpt. What I remember most about that scene is how that was the first time even if I'm bored didn't work because it changes a lot right. of people's minds that if you're bored, mm-hmm. never mind, you can break that rule. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting to look at the junk because I mm-hmm. don't, the way it's described, I don't know what some of it or, is. Or how old it is or where it ends. And I mean, he is always, that's where the book leaves off is he's getting in that fight with his neighbor because they're, they really want him to yes, pick up his junk. that's really. Because it's actually making the, the house climax. values plummet in the neighborhood. It also, I, I don't want to spoil too much, but the reveal that the reason mm-hmm. he can't buy actual VHS tapes is because he's on, I guess, the blockbuster do not fly list. Yeah, he was 86 by a blockbuster. Which I didn't know they had. Turns out he was taping over their tapes. Yeah, which is such a problem. He does. Re- he is kind and he does rewind, but he leaves new movies on them. So yeah, so it's sort of a win lose you know, pluses it's- and minuses for sure. Yeah, it's a lose lose. He was um, on the blockbuster blockbusters top ten most wanted dead or alive list, and he was the only one. They tried to kill him a lot. A yeah. lot, a lot. Well, is there anything else you'd like to say about the book, or should we move on to our word of the week and? get out of here i think yeah i think that should do it i mean we 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 did such a good job covering and again i'm just so glad that these this pbs keeps making all these documentaries because it gives me so much more information than Mm -hmm. i think i would have about yeah about people i had never heard of until i read these except donnelly salamily they show his resume and it is spotty at best it's really not about their work at all which i think is interesting and his references, all of them are the same phone number. And it just it just calls a pizza hut. The documentary calls his references. Yeah. Which is, I mean, they're doing, yeah, their homework. The gotcha media of PBS really, um, mm, really mm-hmm, takes him mm-hmm. down. The yellow journalism. Mm-hmm. I read, the last I'll say about it. Mm. I read a profile of him in The New Yorker, Donnelly Salamily. I'm so surprised that these magazines keep, but no, keep going. Yeah, sorry. It's it's celeb culture, you know, mm. and I think they wrote. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at it now. Donnelly Salamily is the kind of motherfucker I wouldn't trust with 20 bucks, let alone to <laughs> take care of my children for half an hour. I don't believe a word he says. I don't believe a thing he does. But the book is a pretty good read if you have a 12 year old. It's an interesting version of separating the artist from the art where just mm. he just he hasn't done anything specifically bad. The card carrying mm-hmm. misogynist is pretty bad, but. He just kind of sucks in general. Yeah, for sure. And you kind of have to just... I, I wish I could think of another example of this, but yeah, where you have to like read the book and just ignore how the author just generally is. Totally. Yeah. I find it easy to separate the art from the artist just because he mm-hmm. so often went missing. That, I mean... There often was no artist at exactly, all. Exactly. Exactly. 
But also his books were barely art. I think Scholastic sold it as art by a technicality. There's an asterisk. And then a double asterisk that said only something because he finished it. Yes. The only hard thing to separate it is when Dr. Uncle will say something and say, no, that happened to me in real life. Never mind. Cut that out. That's when you know that it was transcribed by an unpaid intern. I wish that he had at least paid the intern because there's parts where the intern's writing about how mean he is. Which is very confusing, but I, as a as a tween, I loved it because it was really breaking the fourth wall. Where you're like, who's miserable was, here? Yeah. Is it nephew or the transcriber? And who is Doctor Uncle really Donnelly Salamali? And is this mm-hmm. autobiographical? Does Donnelly Salamali have that much junk in his backyard? Do his neighbors really dislike him that much? Which the more we find out is, yeah, pretty indisputable that he he's got all that stuff back. Well, I found footage of him getting kicked out of an HOA meeting. Oh, cool. Yeah. Where, where was amazing. that? Who filmed it? It was um it was a CCTV clip they were playing on MTV Cribs. I love that MTV is moving into CCTV. It was it was a special promoting home ownership and how not to act when you've got one. I like the serious episodes of Cribs. You know, treat your crib right or <laughs> um or I'm going to take it is what they say. Here's where the magic happens and if you don't make that magic, that's the end of you. I think it was posted by John Kerry, which was fascinating. <laughs> he yeah, and it was when he was running in 2004, I think. So and it's he, why he lost. It is why he lost. Because he ha- had this passion project uh, to, you know, encourage responsible home ownership with MTV. Well, he said at the debates, I'd really like to focus on cribs, <laughs> which makes me think he doesn't really want to be president. He said the greatest part of our nation is where the magic happens. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. Mm. I think he only w- wanted to do a cribs at the White House and then he would just right. leave if he Well, won. he was always yeah. talking about how the basement didn't have enough cool toys. I think he meant like a pool table. Yeah, he brought in Pimp My Ride to work on the White House, which is, yeah, yeah they put a bunch yeah. of aquariums in there. They declassified a lot. It, so yeah, that I think is probably why he lost the election. But anyway, yeah. my word of the week, the word is squeen. To squeen. squeen. It's a verb, S-Q-U-E-A-N. It comes from to squeak. It means mm. when you start to curse in front of a child or the elderly and you try mm. to recover it, but you don't, you, you mess it up. So for instance, I'm taking this from the book Scarlet's Tap Shoes by Scarlet Tap Shoes. Which talk about separating the artist from their art really hard Impossible. on that one. Impossible. Impossible. Because she's bad. Too. How many pairs of shoes are there? And that is what the book is about. We should read, just at some point, we should read a book by someone that is acceptable. Is normal, you mean? Yeah. It just hasn't done anything that I think is at least scary. Did Scarlet Top Shoes do something scary besides not know how many shoes she has? Oh, yeah. I guess you haven't heard about this one either. Okay, but let me just read the... Yeah, totally. Mabel stubbed her toe on the car and started to... And squeamed, saying, fuck. The Mm. old woman next to her was distraught. So she does finish it. Well, that's the thing about... To squeam means that you you do end up kind of non-committally cursing. You just try to recover it and couldn't. It's just it Um, loses some of its luster. Exactly, exactly. And that was apparently the easiest word of the Scripps National Spelling Bee. The A instead of the second E did surprise me, but... Oh, really? You thought it was spelled like queen? I did. I was certain of it. No, it comes from the Latin to squeak. Yeah, that makes sense. Which, actually, the ancient Romans thought the, the mice were cursing their fates when they squeaked. Wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, so they were stupid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I forgot that about the ancient Romans, but it makes sense. Yeah. Because their buildings look terrible. Bad. Bad. Didn't, they did not they hold didn't, up. Yeah, didn't age well. No. No, no, no. 
Well, this was the first episode of Book Fair. That was it. So get out. Get scram.